What's going on, everybody? Now, the question is this. How do men and women all over the world, coaches, experts, influencers, thought leaders, create six- or seven-figure businesses, all while having fun and changing lives? If you want to know the secrets to start that business, getting leads, getting paid what you desire for the clients you serve, and changing their lives every single day, this is the podcast for you. I'm JC of The Finest, and this is The Finest Hour. Hello. Hello, David. Justin, how are you? Pretty good. How are you doing, man? Thank you so much for having me. Oh, no problem. Thank you for joining the Finest Hour podcast. I sincerely appreciate that. Having been someone that follows you closely, sees exactly what you're doing every single day, I know that you're going to bring nothing but value to all the audiences listening. So I'm definitely happy to have you here. And, uh, you know, I know we're short on time, so we can get right into it today. I know you're a busy man. Now, thank you. Being a busy man, there's many blessings that come with that and your success is incredible. But my question to you would be, how do you stay, you know, how do you stay so organized, being so busy, having so many things going on? You know, I'm not a big fan of the word busy. I believe the word should be active. And what what I do is I study my calendar. Uh, I put my attention on my calendar, not just what I'm doing in person on the phone via email and media, but also the blank spaces in my calendar. I pay attention and pull from the power of intention by being a student and studying my calendar. I also look at the 24 hours in the day as activity. And I look at it with the lens of being productive as well as accessible. And what accessible means is not only being accessible to others, but how do I access what I want in a productive, efficient, effective, and statistically successful way? And by doing so, you can point out a lot of things that people do uh, to change truly their outcomes. Like number one, sleep. Most people sleep a third of their life, but they never look at the productivity and accessibility of sleep. They never look to how to be a student of sleep. They never pay attention and draw intention into their sleep, where I've always looked at that activity as an essential part of my day, as well as I look at activity by deciphering whether I can get paid for the activity or not paid for the activity. I want to generate as much income as I can so I can help more people and have more fun with it. Because although money doesn't buy happiness, it allows you to shop. And what makes you happy is shopping for the right things. What makes people unhappy is when they shop for the wrong things or they don't even have enough money to shop. That is true. That's excellently said. I know there, as you say all the time, you know, with with that ability to have the success and have the ways that you can bring that money into you so you can help more people. Just looking at your Instagram account, I mean, alone, you know, 226,000 followers, that's incredible. And the number one thing that I- <laughs> It was 200 mean, last year. <laughs> Not 200,000, it was just 200. <laughs> hey, you know, it's, it's, it's meteorically rising fast, you know, and, uh, and rightfully so, because- so many things you do, and I know you talk about it all the time, which is serving people and being selfless. You know, so many people I know just every single day are asking me things on how can they take, take, take. And one of the biggest things that I love about you and your account is you're constantly talking about give, give, give. How did you arrive at that point where it's so important to be of service? You know, it came from a, a transition in my life. You know, I was a multimillionaire in my early 30s and I lost everything. And I started looking at the worlds that existed. And there was three worlds that existed in my perception. The first was the world of not enough. I saw so many people in the world that 
had so much or didn't have that much, but they, no matter what they had, they lived in a world of not enough. And they were victims. They were constantly, everything was happening to them and they were victims all the time. Then there was the world that I was living in at the time, which is the world of just enough. Uh, everything happens for you in the world of just enough. Uh, but once again, there's just enough. No matter whether you live in a $40 million home in Newport Beach or a $40,000 house in Cleveland, Ohio, you can just live in a world of just enough and everything happens for you. The reason that doesn't work is that there's only so much of you. And if everything's happening for you, uh, you get overflown and overdrawn. And that's what happened to me. I started living off purpose with no passion. And there was just literally too much around me. And I started to self-sabotage my way uh, and lost over $100 million uh, in golf courses, ski mountain, and a variety of other properties that I had. Uh, not only because I lived in that world of just enough, but moreover, too, I made bad assumptions. Uh, but finally, the world that I live in now is a world of more than enough. And when you live in more than enough, there's only two questions in life that you need to ask because you believe there's more than enough of everything uh, for everyone. And so I always ask myself first, how can I be of service? What value can I provide? I wake up and ask God for 10 people minimum that I can help every day. And I live my life of service. But the second part of living in a world of more than enough is that you're not afraid to receive. When everything is happening through you, not for you or to you, when everything's happening through you to help other people, you now can live in an abundant universe with more than enough of everything for everyone. And what happens when everything comes through you is you actually can live in an expansive world and you keep expanding as more and more comes through you. And that's what I truly try to motivate others to do is to live in that world of more than enough and allow everything to come through you, appreciate it, add value to it, and give it away. That's incredible. I mean, uh, just having that so many people that message me or they're asked questions about the show, they're always talking about, you know, ah, oh, that this happened to me or always playing the victim, you know, or this is happening to me, you know, and having that explanation of through you, it completely changes your perspective, you know, and what you're seeing as far as what you're feeling. Because so many people, like you said, having that, maybe abundant mindset is completely different than living in scarcity filled mindset, you know, and what that draws into your life. And one thing that I would say, being that you're a very productive person, I mean, you have your podcast, you have so many different things going on. What is maybe one thing that every single day, besides, I guess it would be to forgive, it would just be if there's a mistake and you're having a problem, you're feeling stuck, but how do you get yourself unstuck and back into the right mindset? That's a matter of trajectory, right? So what I started doing is looking at what trajectory I was on. You know, was I on the consistent, everyday, persistent pursuit of my potential? And what happens is by raising my awareness of where and why I feel a certain way, meaning is it a need to be right that is upsetting me? Is it a need to be offended that is setting me? Is it a need to be superior, inferior, separate, or fearful, or anxious, or guilty? What is the emotion that is changing my trajectory towards my potential? And what I do now is instead of putting faith into that void shortage or obstacle, instead of putting faith into the emotion that I'm feeling, I put faith into what I want, not into what I don't want. So I take a few breaths and I immediately put myself 
back not only mentally, but physically, emotionally, biochemically, back into the trajectory. And once I'm back into the trajectory towards the pursuit of my potential, I then can have the most efficient, effective, and statistically successful day and stay inspired, be productive, be accessible, be of service, make more money, help more people, and have more fun. Excellent. I mean, that's that sums it up pretty good. And, and you know, the one thing that I love about Every single day, you know, I look at your posts, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of yours and I'm very appreciative that you're on the show, but you're so consistent in what you say in all, in every single interview you give, in every clip, in every post, if you have a, a keynote, so many things that you say are so very consistent. And I know that there's a lot of successful people that I've interviewed and I'm very pleasurable that you're on the line right now talking to me. But the one thing that I wonder is being so consistent, how did you develop that consistency to always be on? You know, some people are on, some people are off. You know, is it the way that you start your day with your morning routine? Or what would you say maybe that kind of keeps you in line, always thinking on the right plane? It's four different values that allow me to do that. And I have to start my day by understanding where those values are, how I can access those values and where my center is. If I don't know where peace and joy and happiness and love and truth exists, then how can I be on a trajectory towards truth, love, happiness, and joy? And so what I do is I wake up at 4 a.m., the most quiet time of the day, and I meditate for 20 minutes, uh, utilizing Theta meditation. Uh, then I have a few mantras and prayers that I do. And then I start prioritizing uh, in a systematic way, whether I'm at home or on the road, I actually have two different disciplines that I utilize knowing that, you know, I can't do the same things at home that I do on the road and vice versa. Uh, but the real key is understanding where that sense of peace, joy, happiness, and truth is. And via meditation, I always know where my trajectory, my true north is. And it's changed my life because it wasn't always that way. Um, and that allows me to be and to maintain inspiration in my life. And through the four values, number one, gratitude, which makes my past incredible, my present better and my future brighter. Through forgiveness, knowing that uh, I uh, am human and I need to forgive myself in order to give forgiveness to others. Through accountability, knowing that I attract everything into my life and I just need to learn from it and it's the miracles of what I can learn. And then finally, this inspiration, effective communication. How do I stay inspired and inspire others? And I think that's what's most surprising to people because they see me every day. It's like, are you kidding me? How are you so up all the time, happy, inspired? And I worked at it, that's how. And I figured if I was gonna work at something, I might as well work at being happy and inspired over anything else. Because if you're happy and inspired, nothing else matters. You're right. You're right. I agree with that. You know, and there's a big difference. And I know you've touched on it in posts, you know, just having that motivated feeling. But then when that fades to having that inspiration, constantly being healthy, you know, and happy, like you said, and you worked at it. And when you're working at those things, I know there was one particular post that I like that I'll shout out here. You were talking about, you know, you said you worked at it. Now, if you're thinking about the 99% versus the 1%, the exponential result of 1%, I've heard you say. Could you explain that to the listeners, kind of what that means? And maybe if they're struggling, maybe how this would help them kind of picture a reframe and get themselves back on the right track. Yeah, you know, 99% doesn't do it because the 1% that you're leaving out is the zero effect. 
The consistent behavior every day, 100% of the time, is what creates exponential results. So if I use dieting you know, as an example, if I diet six days in a row, and then I go ahead and have an In-N-Out burger, and then I diet another seven days, and I have a cheesecake, and I diet another five days and have some french fries, at the end of the month, I'm a 99 percenter. Right in my mind, think about all the meals I had out of the 30 days in a month. There's 90 meals, and I only screwed up on three of them, right? Which is actually less than one percent. But <laughs> regardless, even at a 0.3 percenter, uh, what's going to happen is at the end of the month, because of the zero effect, right? One times two times three times four times six times zero. One to five times zero. One to eight times zero. They end up at zero. When you step on the scale. Even though in your mind you're a hundred percenter, you still look down at the, the scale and it either is equal to what you weighed at the beginning of the month or even more. Where the person that's the hundred percenter who dieted correctly, had a proper diet the entire month, never had a zero, they get the exponential results of one times two all the way to 30 and they look down at the scale and they've lost 10 to 15 pounds in a month. That's how we live our life. You can't be a 99 percenter. The zero effect will kill you. It is a mental deception. You'll think that you're disciplined. You'll think that you're aware. You think you have a great strategy because you've sacrificed so much to do, you know, 90, you know, 87 out of 90 meals. You were perfect. I'm sorry. You're a one percenter. You know, do not lose that 1%. If you're going to do something, lower the bar so you can do it consistently every day, persistently without quit and enjoy it. Enjoy the pursuit of your potential of whatever you set your target on. I agree. That's excellent. You know, being in the health and fitness space and dealing with clients all the time, eating their meals, that 100% makes sense. You know, and I know that will greatly benefit the ones that are listening to where maybe I explained it, but maybe they didn't listen, but I know they will listen to you. So I thank you for sharing that. And another thing you said just in that little blurb of talking, when you're talking about, say, the pursuit of your potential, so many of us are striving for that goal. And maybe it's the first day and the last day are the only days that we pay attention to. And oftentimes, if you never reach that end result, if your happiness is based on that last result crossing that finish line and you never get there, you're living an unhappy life. And I love how you always speak about enjoying and being happy in the pursuit of it. And how do you kind of transmit that? I know in one of your posts, you were talking about you once were a hypocrite. How did you get yourself out of that state? Yeah, first of all, I'm not once a hypocrite. I'm still a hypocrite. In fact, if I could truly sign my signature, instead of saying unconditionally, Dave, I would pit hypocritically, Dave, because I'm still on the pursuit of my potential. I'm teaching and inspiring people to do these things, but I'm still working on it myself. I wish I could do it all the time, uh, and I'm working at that. Uh, but moreover, you really have to you know, enjoy everything you do, infuse purpose and passion into what you're doing. Um, the enjoyment, what happens is people get confused. They think that you're not goal-oriented, or you're not a visionary, or you can't have a vision board if you are enjoying the journey. But the difference is, is they don't understand the emotional attachment to an outcome. That's all I'm saying. You have to detach an emotional attachment to the outcome that you want. You still, for 
you should have outcomes and goals and objectives and milestones and vision boards. And I am the most pr pragmatic. I'm like a little bull in a China shop when it comes to getting what I want. I have serious action principles, discipline and strategy and awareness. I have no quit in me, but I have been able to detach my emotions to that outcome. So I used to say, I'll be happy when I have a million dollars. I'll be happy when I own a house on the beach. I'll be happy when I have a Ferrari. Not anymore. I'll say, I'm going to manifest a house on the water, but I'm going to be happy manifesting it every day. I'm going to be happy doing all the things that all the miracles and lessons to be a way maker, to be a miracle worker, to be a promise keeper, to be a light in darkness, all those things that it's going to take. I'm going to enjoy the journey every day and stay inspired, not just at the beginning, not just at the end, but in the middle when nobody else can stay inspired. That's beautiful. I mean, having that consistent happiness and being always connected to that inspiration, I mean, that definitely makes things and puts things in a perspective that helps you to keep going. And like you said, like a bull in a china shop, continuing to go at that pace. And being that you are in that mind state now, and I know we have about three minutes left, but with, I guess, the next question, maybe it could be the last one. If you're looking at where you are now, as David now, and you're looking at maybe where you were when you started, what is kind of the biggest difference between you then and you now? And what was the shift? Yeah, the difference is two words, radical humility. Uh, I wasn't radically humble, right? I got in my own way, uh, my ego, the need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior. Uh, I was afraid to ask for help. Uh, I have surrendered. Uh, I am completely of service. That doesn't mean, by the way, when I tell you I'm of service, that I'm walking the streets of Calcutta giving away everything I have, right? I'm not Mother Teresa, but I am of service. I am providing value. Even when I ask for money, like my coaching clients, whatever I charge my coaching clients, and some of my clients, I charge an extraordinary amount, but I guarantee that I'm a profit center. That's a gift. If I tell you right now, you know, if I tell you now, look, it's $100,000 a month, but I guarantee you that you're going to make $200,000 this month, Justin. Can you see any reason that you want, want me to coach you? Absolutely not. I'm providing value, right? I'm providing value in a way I'm providing value to so many different people through radical humility, because I know that through radical humility, number one, I ask everyone, how can I be of service? And two, do you know anyone that can help me? Which puts me into receivership, which allows things to come through me, add value to it, and give it away. It is the biggest change in my life. And that quantum shift came from the reality that I hit rock bottom. Yeah. When I hit rock bottom, I was most afraid of having to tell people that I went bankrupt. Not only was I afraid to tell Lee Steinberg as I was running the most notable sports agency in the world that I had gone bankrupt, that his golden child, his Midas CEO, the guy who could create wealth out of nothing had gone bankrupt. But imagine this. I only reason I wanted to be rich was to buy my mom a house and a car. I had to go walk over to my mom's house, not only tell her that I went bankrupt, but actually stand in front of her and tell her that I had lost her house. Yeah. That will humble you. And when I saw my mom look at me without blinking and tell me, are you okay? Do you need anything? I love you. Don't worry. Not one thought in her mind was scarce or about herself. No conditions or judgments on me 
other than unconditional love, I realized that that was my true north and I was going to live my life with radical humility. That's incredible. That pretty much sums up every single thing that I would love for this podcast to be about. So I truly, truly appreciate that answer because it's gone so far. And I really appreciate, I know we're about 10 seconds left. I truly appreciate your time today, David. And I know that everything that you've given is going to inspire my audience. And I thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Oh, Justin, I really appreciate you. Thank you for uh, sticking to my 520 rule. It allows me to get to so many people and help more people. So find me at David Meltzer. Look me up at dmeltzer.com. I am of service, happy to send out my books and pay for shipping. Watch the playbook, my podcast. I am here to be of service. So thank you, Justin. You're welcome. Thank you, David. You have a wonderful evening, man. Take care. All right. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I want to know what you've learned. So if you wouldn't mind, would you take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast on your phone right now, upload to your Instagram stories and tag me at JC of the Finest, and then let me know in that IG story what is one thing you learned and one thing that you would like to learn more about. I love hearing more from my clients, listeners, friends, new and old all over the world. Right as soon as you do this, go inside the podcast app and hit that little button there that says subscribe. Leave me a five-star review and a five-star rating. Again, this helps us reach more people. And if you want to be a part of helping change the world one person at a time, it makes a massive difference by you leaving that review. So thank you very much for tuning in, my finest hour friends. And thank you for listening. And I will see you next week. And remember, do and become the best you.